Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris and this week I'm looking Hello. for a book. book. A book. A book. public domain book. A recently, uh, recently what? Recently, recently, recently liberated. It's recently oh, liberated. liberated. Freed. From the shackles From the of shackles copyright. From the shackles of global America? Is this America mm. only? Yeah, copyright's complicated. I think it's just U.S. I think it's, I think just it's every Every year we do this, it's the U.S. Okay. Um, from the you know, corporate greed of America. That yeah. actually makes me wonder, when I was looking at my book last week, I looked for it on Project Gutenberg, and I was able um, to get it on Project Gutenberg Australia, which yeah, makes me suddenly wonder about if they have shorter copyright restrictions than we do. Yeah, yeah. they do. Leadheads, I've I've covered this thoroughly in previous years, uh, and clearly my co-hosts pay attention. Well, it's hard to remember things. <laughs> do it one more time for the kids in back. <laughs> uh, just just very briefly, different countries have different copyright laws. So, that makes a lot of um, sense. Famously, yeah, famously sense. Canada's, for in Canada, the copyright on Tolkien is going to run out much, much sooner than it will in the u.s um mm. the idea of tolkien in the public domain is terrifying to i think it's warner brothers um amazon <laughs> whoever um, it's okay have you seen what they're doing with it i mean jesus christ <laughs> how much worse could it get time to let it go we don't want somebody getting a hold of this and ruining it <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the u.s the 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 um limit is 96 years and at some point that will likely be extended because there will be properties that are so uh, lucrative. I'm thinking of like James mm. Bond, right? You know, when when we get close to that date, and that's that's many years off yet. But when James Bond enters the public domain or or gets close, uh, likely the broccoli the broccoli corporation will will jump into um, big broccoli, some, big broccoli. Yep. Nick, my name is Joe Holshu. I'm a high school English teacher. I did not bring a book this week because I brought one last week and it is an annual holiday. You hear it, you know, you don't know that where public domain lists are unshackled from their copyright restrictions. And we bring a couple of books that you've never read, but you probably should. Hello, my name is Dr. Ian Young. I am a high school English teacher. And this week I brought, well, I, sh I thought about bringing the house at Pooh Corner in which the character of Tigger is unshackled from his copyright rules. I don't know if you guys know about this, but the, the wonderful thing about Tigger is that <laughs> Tiggers are wonderful things. Their backs are made out of rubber. Their tops are made out of springs. springs. Anyway, uh, I didn't bring that one. Instead, I uh, furthered my knowledge of one of my favorite authors, Virginia Woolf. Critic, poet, social observer, um, and novelist. I brought Orlando a biography, which is simultaneously more bonkers and less bonkers than I expected. Orlando. Oh, how much Orlando. are we allowed to do the Orlando song? I don't know. What, I don't know what that is. That is actually is. also. Well, we need to wait like ninety-six years. Yeah, no, it's a long way away. Yeah. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Have I talked about Mrs. Dalloway on this podcast before? I adore Mrs. that book. Mrs. We have no, talked about Mrs. Like Doubtfire on this we, book we podcast. We probably made that. 
made that I'm joke a bunch of times. Fruiting. <laughs> huh? Pretty good. That's the best line from the movie. Uh, a drive-by um, fruiting. No. Amazing. No. <laughs> uh, Ian, can you refresh and sound message to Alloway, please? Uh, Did you talk I, like I, this? I, I, <laughs> absolutely It's okay, not. Mickey Mouse is in the public domain now. Mrs. Dalloway is one of my favorite novels, um, and it's got a lot of that blah, 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 English society, blah, blah, blah stuff in it. Um, <laughs> Callback. It's, it's a novel that, um, that you, I, I read, and every time I've read it, I've, I've, it's delighted me more. And so when I set out to read Orlando, I was like, my expectations were really really high oh really high through the roof yeah you've you 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 know somebody and you're like okay the curse of any yeah right any any book you're about to read high expectations yep (laughs) it happens so that's what this book was all right Mm -hmm. ian a disappointment great what was uh what tell us about the book (laughs) i i wouldn't say no i wouldn't say it's a disappointment i would say it's a beef it's a befuddlement i am befuddled the face uh, I'm doing is a befuddled face. Litheads, if you are listening to this in audio format, I can confirm that Ian does look befuddled. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, say it with me. It's a hard book book to talk about, but mm. also um, it, in some ways, in some ways it feels very much of a piece with other works by this author. And in other ways, it feels very unique. So this is this book. Let me, let me talk about what this book is about, which might help un- explain some of my befuddlement. It is, written and framed as the biography of a poet i was texting with a friend about this about this book and they referred to the book as uh the character as a gender fluid poet who simply refuses to age um so <laughs> amazing there, there are kind of two big pieces of this um the main character orlando he's our central he is our central character when we meet him and uh he is a boy in the early 1580s okay and the book ends in 1928 when orlando was a 36 year old woman so one second i'm not great at math yep. right no nope. 1580s yeah. 1928 1680s 1780s <laughs> 1880s that's 300 it's 250 years 348 yep. years my yep. god but but by the end of the book she's only 36 so and Amazing. also she's She's is this like a Benjamin Button situation? Mm-hmm. Is it, or is it like an Astari or uh, Elrond sort of situation? Where uh, she is not an elf. Okay. It's 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 kind of surreal. So a big uh, the 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 pieces of this which don't really match um, the real world. Orlando ages over the course of this book. It's definitely like by the time we get to the end of the book, she is older than he was at the beginning. But it. <sighs> That's not Wolf's primary interest. Wolf isn't like, and so Orlando meditated and well, I mean, this book, this is how the magic system works in my world. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Says Virginia Wolf. Lynette, if you've ever read Virginia Wolf, 800 pages of explaining this is a sci-fi book. Well, you're going to need the companion guide. They can really get into the lore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like. I think I think if, if there's any explanation of the mechanism for that, it's poetic and literary thought. So there are pieces where she talks about time passing and Orlando is just sitting under a tree thinking about words 
and then all of a sudden it's 50 years later and so like that's kind of it's kind of the way it works so there is like the surreal the sort of magical realist piece to this but the 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 genre elements so the genre elements immortality obviously um and also one one day she wake one day he wakes up and he's a woman uh one day one day orlando wakes up and he's now he's not a man anymore biologically he's not a man he's a woman uh she's a woman and this is just sort of like oh yes and then this happened anyway back to poetry so it's 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 a weird it's a weird story in that the weirdness is downplayed but you also can't ignore it because her life as a woman is very different from his life as a man well, this seems wildly ahead of its time. Um, <laughs> Ian, yes. what, what? Okay, in so some ways. It, I feel like whenever there's like such overt uh, uh, sci-fi-ness or like, you know, I don't know, yeah, how, yeah. however you Magic, would describe I mean, it. Magical realism. Yeah. 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 Okay. So obviously here comes the overt messages, uh, full, full steam ahead on the overt messages when you're in that situation. But it sounds like Ian's, it sounds like Ian's saying like, yeah, but like, it's just a thing that happens. It doesn't feel right. like it's particularly chained to uh it's like this. Okay, guys, here comes the theme. Get ready for the theme. So I think, I think part of the difficulty here is that there are, there are multiple overt messages, which are not quite along the same lines. So mm-hmm. one obviously is, is gender. So we don't just see Orlando transition from biologically male to biologically female. We also see Orlando grow up from boy to man and then man to woman and then woman to matron. She has a kid towards the end of the book. So like we see kind of this, this, this transition of age and gender role. We, when, when Orlando is a man, he's in the, the um, Shakespeare times and shortly after Shakespeare times. And so we see a lot of like, masculinity at that era at that age and what it meant to be a man what it meant to be a a a a member of society and then when she becomes a woman um she's a woman in the 18th century and the 19th century including the victorian era when it was it was like very difficult um to be i mean it's it's been difficult to be a woman societally for a long time but that that was really that was really particularly rough she she talks about like kind of satirically about um it was a hard time because women were expected to have fifteen to uh, twelve to fifteen children by the time they were thirty. And she's joking, but it's kind of a truthful exaggeration. She's like, "This is how the empire came to be." So, Ian, like, is this talking about gender in what way? Because, like, I think we have so many ideas in our head now about like the current gender con- conversation happening. How is this talking about gender? Is it in a similar way or is it in a completely different kind of abstract kind of um, purpose? To some extent, there are pieces of this where you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, this was definitely written 100 years ago. Like some of the ways she talks about sort of women's nature. There's horses everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) She talks about like things that are things that are intrinsic to all women. And this is not something that we'd say like. Most people, most people, regardless of ideology, wouldn't say that all women are the same. Um, so in some ways, it's very much of its time. In other ways, it feels very, very current. And so I, th- I think it's it's that's also part of the whiplash. It's you're not quite sure. You always have to be paying attention, which is the worst when you're reading. It's like, <laughs> don't I know it? How do I feel about this? How it do I feel nice about to this? Because for a little while, <laughs> some some pieces, some pieces are like, yeah, that's that's legit. And other pieces, you're like, whoa, Virginia, hang on, hang on, what are you what are you saying there? Um, yeah. Which is 
Which is a yeah, it's a it's a right, fun little bit funny. It's like really progress yeah. Like mm. like extremely progressive in some ways and then other ways they're like yeah. Right. Still right. shitty. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And then I think what what makes this more difficult yet is that this is satire. So this is satirizing um sort of English society and and English gender roles for 350 years the 350 mm. years preceding its publication uh one of my, my favorite pieces of trivia about this book is the book ends on the stroke of midnight the day before the book was published so the book Amazing. is published on the 12th of october and the last words of the book are the clock struck midnight on a, the 11th of october this is very meta yeah mm. it's very yeah. I mean, it's very very meta Can you just tell me what the overt message is here? Because I'm 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 struggling to like grasp yes. onto a story. This is, yeah. And this is why I'm befuddled. So like okay. there is a story. And it's it's focused around this this person. Um he's a boy, he wants to write poetry, he grows up, he loves and loses, he still wants to write poetry, he keeps growing up, he becomes an ambassador, he becomes a woman, he negotiates life as a woman in England. He comes back to England and people are like, you're not Orlando. Orlando's a dude. And so there are lawsuits. So there is a plot and there is this central character. I think one of the things and this, I'm saying, I think because it's hard. I think one of the things that Wolf is doing is suggesting that as we grow up, we are a bunch of different people. We, we kind of, we cycle through different selves, different person, different persons, not personalities, but different, different me from various eras of my life and there's a key moment towards the end where orlando is 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 riding in a car she's driving somewhere and she's like kind of all of her selves are coming together and talking to each other and sort of cycling through their reactions to the world around her and then at the end of that section she sort of like coalesces into a self so this might be in fact uh secret buildings roman a book about growing up (laughs) interesting Um, uh, the self sort of coalescing from a bunch of fragments into something that's mature, something that's grown up. The other nasty piece of this is that this is a book about books. This is a book specifically yeah. about Not good. literature. So it's oh, like no. a deep cut. It, it's, it's like, yeah. yeah. Mm. Orlando wants to write. Orlando's big thing is I want to be, I want to write a great piece of literature. And throughout the book, this alludes first it alludes him and then it alludes her um orlando can't write mm-hmm. good literature and even yeah. well, the end, tricky. it's hard it is think. oh yeah i mean mm-hmm. like we knocked it out of the park on the first try with yeah, Butlers, but yes. but by the end of the book she publishes this poem which she's been working on for the last 350 years and it's oh, well gosh. well received but she's still like ah that's not ah it could be better i i, mm-hmm. I i'm not I am not one of the greats. And so in a way, as she progresses through time, mimicking the style of various eras that she's working in, Orlando is English literature. Nick, this is highly irregular, but can I read a five-star review of this book? Because I think it really like captures what Ian is saying. I'm sorry, those are not part of the rules, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is from Lisa on Goodreads. And uh, she says... 
Orlando to me is a dream come true in literature. Being able to move in time and space and change my gender with my moods is a deeply satisfying idea. It's the quintessence of what reading means in my life. The opportunity to leave my own life behind and step into the body of soul of other people only to move on again when I feel like it. I can be intensely engaged for a week and then put the adventure safely into my memory and try something different. Orlando is a hymn to reading and imagination and love. It's a break from conventions and story as heavy as heart and light as a feather. I love it. Why didn't you just say that, Ian? Yeah, <laughs> alas, I am not as eloquent as Lisa. Yeah, I think, as Lisa I think, from Goodreads, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa from Goodreads catches like satirizing literature, but a, a paean, a hymn yeah. to the love mm. of literature. And I think it's literature with a capital L, which I don't love. I don't love that. Uh, I think when when Wolf imagines yeah, literature, Wolf is not thinking of no. I, I don't love the, the instinct to say. The only literature that is worth loving is capital L literature. Right, it's like turn your nose up a little bit when you say it, literature. Pinch, yeah, pinch your nostrils. Yeah, I think there's some yeah. value in being like, yeah, dude, I freaking love Sherlock Holmes, man. I like Count Dracula. You yeah, like, I like fine. books. I like literature with a capital L, and I also like explosions. <laughs> right. My name is Nick Argyris. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't anybody write books for me? <laughs> um, do you guys remember the term Roman Aklef? Oh, yeah, by name, but not by definition. Mm, uh-huh. yeah, it, it, it rings a bell. It's, it's a, a novel with a key, right? Yes. Like you, you just need a key yes. at the beginning of the novel and you can tell yes. who everybody is and what the book is actually about. Yes. Oftentimes written by people who have a lot of leisure and uh, friends that they want to drag. Yeah. Kind of, kind of anonymously, but not really. So um, Wolf had a friend slash lover named Vita Sackville West, and they were together she and vita for like a decade and they were friends for before that and friends after that so they were very close um not just romantically but platonically and they were lovers just saying critic yes yes Mm -hmm. uh lady wolf's lover critics have like carefully read like knowing that sackville west is important to wolf critics started kind of like mapping the character of orlando onto sackville west Eventually, like we, it gets kind of come to a critical consensus. Wolf was writing Orlando, the main character of this book, as a representation of Sackville West's hmm. journey. Now, some of this yeah. is cool, right? Some of this is like, you're amazing. You love beauty. You love nature. You're really into literature. Mm-hmm. Like some of this is like, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Some of this is very complimentary. But the beautiful thing about Virginia Woolf is that she never let her personal affection for someone cloud her ability to say really mean stuff about so <laughs> that's a skill that's an that is an underrated trait in people mm-hmm. i love you but let me give you an honest assessment of your character <laughs> her, her diaries wolf's diaries are just full of i had this party today t.s Eliot was there i hate him he's so stupid that guy that right. freaking guy um so and this is this is an amazing don't part. get me started an amazing part of who wolf is and she does not give her close friend and lover Vita Sackville West a, a, a glowing review always. Oh. So a big thing about Orlando is that he can never write that great book. He wants to write that great book and oh. he keeps on failing. And this maps onto some of Sackville West's uh, literary disappointments. Yeah. So oh. she was she wanted to write great work and 
critics never really bought Sackville West stuff. They were just like, yeah, you're not, it's not quite there. And, and apparently Wolf didn't think that Sackville West was a great writer. There's this recurring image of a goose that kind of keeps showing up um, as, as something that Orlando wants to attain. And um, this is imagined to be the wild goose chase that Sackville West is on trying to write great English literature. So this piece of the Romana Clef where um, yes, it's it's a it's a hymn to imagination and literary transport, but also my girlfriend is kind of a scrub. Like yeah. she wants oh, to be a writer, but she can't. Like I, it's it's incredible. See, I it's brutal. can only imagine this caused some problems in the relationship. Like as Sacco so? West read this, I can imagine she on she had the key. <laughs> I don't think she was confused. <laughs> no, no, that's well, the- too many butlers is about our wives, right? That's what we're, <laughs> uh, apparently, Sacco West was not aware oh. that she was the target, so we have no indication that she kind of realized that that people people saw her in in this character would this have been was would this have been contemporarily seen as her no this is something critics have like pieced together after time probably later like as you as you get beyond um i'm sorry wolf's life and you start to look back i mean it's it's that retrospective was it confirmed, thing again. though in any way or, or it just it, fits really well it's like when you start the dark side of the moon at the same time as star wars or yeah. whatever wizard of, is, oz, uh, wizard of oz wizard of oz yes yes <laughs> Get your I pop think, culture I think correct, Joe. <laughs> one of the things with like one of the beauties of the Romana Clef is that you you one can never many. really confirm it. One of many beauties. You can yeah. never really confirm it. Like all you can do is say, it's interesting that all 19 of these main characters map onto the author's 19 enemies. Like they're all the same ages, genders, and heights. You know, like the the, the point is type. it's not confirmed, but it's basically confirmed. Can I uh, tell you guys something? Um, I think this is really underrated on pizza. Green olives. Green olives. No, 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 no. Have you ever had it on pizza, Joe? I'm not talking about by themselves or in a martini. Have you had it on a pizza? Nick, I think green olives in a martini or by themselves are delicious. I think everything that olives touch, however, tastes like olives. And I doesn't know what he's talking about. Joe, you lose this week. Ian, Nick, congratulations. Put this clip on TikTok because that is how you're going to go viral, is advocating for green olives on pizza. When when green olives go on a pizza and they are baked, they yeah, really something happens. Uh, they are just this these salty little nuggets of delicious on a pizza. It's just what a pizza needs. Nick, have you ever have you ever put green olives and good pepperoni together on pizza? It's the best thing in the world. I had it it's last amazing. night. It is incredible. Incredible. I have it Joe, every night. The fact the fact <laughs> I, I will hear no more of this. I speak for the Lidheads. You guys are monsters. <laughs> Joe, tell the Lidheads what to do. All right. Lidheads. If you care what we talk about, head on over to tweenvogue.com. Suggest a book, suggest a theme. We read all of your suggestions and sometimes we'd like read your suggestions. No, we always uh, we read everything. We yeah, read we, everything you say. We do read everything. Sometimes. We don't read everything, if that makes sense. Um, or if we haven't read your suggestion yet, we assure you, it's in the document. It's not, it's in the document, Lidheads. It's in the document, guys. It is We're going, going to happen. To get. So, Lidheads, we love you very much. Tweenvogue.com. Um, social media, everywhere that you would expect us. Congratulations, Ian. Congratulations, Virginia Woolf. 
I'm going to read a quote, which I didn't realize was an, an allusion to literature until I heard Joe talking last week about Lady, Ch- Lady Chatterley's lover. So this is um, towards the end of Orlando's kind of progress. Um, she's a woman of leisure. It's the early 1920s and um, her husband is away. Oh, she gets married, by the way. I didn't, didn't add that. <laughs> Orlando was a woman. And when we are writing the life of a woman, we may, it is agreed, waive our demand for action and substitute love instead. Love, the poet has said, is woman's whole existence. And if we look for a moment at Orlando writing at her table, we must admit that there was never a woman more fitted for that calling. Surely since she is a woman and a beautiful woman and a woman in the prime of life, she will soon give over this pretense of writing and thinking and begin to think at least of a gamekeeper. And as long as she thinks of a man, nobody objects to a woman thinking. And then she will write him a little note, and as long as she writes little notes, nobody objects to a woman writing either. And make an assignation for Sunday dusk. And Sunday dusk will come, and the gamekeeper will whistle under the window, all of which is, of course, the very stuff of life and the only possible subject for fiction. Surely Orlando must have done one of these things. Alas, a thousand times alas, Orlando did none of them. <laughs> 